Hello, everybody. Uh, it's the start of another Tesseract TV episode. I believe this is episode 34. I think that's right. We're going to go with it. If it's wrong, don't tell me. But this is going to be our uh, assembled special because we just had a few uh, drop back to back and we decided let's, you know, just talk about both of them. Um, so this is going to be about assembled Black Widow and assembled What If. And I'm uh, one of your hosts, Curtis. And I'm the other one. I'm Heather. Hi. Hi. What's up? Hi. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm up. Got stuff yeah. to do, but we all here. That's fair. That's fair. So let's uh, let's dive into it. Let's, you want to start with the making of Black Widow? Yeah, let's start with that. Uh, spoiler alert, at no point do they address uh, what we want to talk about is that lawsuit, and they don't address that. Yeah, well, I have to assume, obviously, these interviews were, were filmed not Oh, yeah, recently. ages ago. Yeah. Like, probably literal years ago, like at least a year. Right. And actually, since we're talking about both of these in the same episode, I'll bring up the fact Kevin Feige is wearing the same exact outfit. So he was just sitting. They put him in a room and just started asking him about every project all at the same mm -hmm, time. Mm -hmm. He was like, OK, we'll just we'll make this a six hour day and we're just going to get it done. <laughs> right. Because he put on his Black Widow hat to look like he was rah rah Black Widow. And then he forgot <laughs> to take it off before. What if? <laughs> oh. But yeah, we start out uh, the making of Black Widow. We really get more the story of Scarlett Johansson rather than the story of Natasha the Romanoff. Character. Yeah. Right. Cause it, it starts out with, you know, showing us camera testing for Iron Man two and goes all the way through her 10 years with the franchise through SDCC 2019. And when they were filming black widow, some of that stuff was kind of wild to see, though, because it was like, oh, my gosh, she's noticeably younger. Like, that's crazy. Not that she looks old now, but just like, wow. They all look like infants. When you go back, how childish everybody looks. Yeah. I guess maybe it's because we are close to the same age that the, the main actors are, the, the first mm -hmm. ones. But it, it, they just seem like such children. Now, <laughs> yeah, they don't, know what they, they don't know what they were in for. You don't know what's coming to you, all the money you're going to get. Oh, God. Right. And, <laughs> and it is fun. Go, uh, you know, in this, you specifically see how much her hair changes every movie. That was the thing. You always had to have a completely different hairstyle for Jeez. for Natasha Romanoff every single movie. And it wasn't just, oh, that happens to be the hair that Scarlett Johansson had at the time. Uh -uh. So that we'll just let it go. No, they purposely just changed the fuck out of her hair every time. Why? I don't know. Do no we have to reason. change we... Tony's goatee every time? No. Nope. It stayed the same. Why do we, we got to change her hair? We never get a reason ever. It's just a thing. Some like some director somewhere was just like, I need it this way. Okay. Like, like the only one that was consistent was Joss. Every time he had her in her movie, she had that hair that I didn't care that much for, but that at least it was consistent. But the thing is, like, she's not, I thought, okay, you know, she's a spy. She's changing it up. She's undercover. So that's a thing that someone would change to change their look to stay hidden. But uh -huh. post Avengers, the first Avengers, the world knows of her existence. As we mm -hmm. know from Black Widow, obviously all of the people in the Red Room are aware of her as an Avenger. There's no hiding who you are anymore. Like they're not thrown off by your hairstyle or putting on a ball cap. Captain America, thank you. Everybody still is fucking aware. <laughs> not if you kiss in a mall because people are upset by PDA. 
it's uh you know captain america and uh joe from you they both think you can just put on a hat and nobody can tell who you are uh well that's for everybody else i don't get you references you should watch you i might it's it's pretty fucking good i might um (laughs) that hurts me i want you i want you to watch it i'm not doing that i have no interest why why because what do i need to watch somebody stalk somebody for like how much story can you get out of that this thing is what three seasons now it doesn't make any sense well he's not stalking the same person he, oh he just moves on to different people oh spoiler alert a lot of people die along the way G- great fantastic <laughs> all right well we'll we'll get to you at some point <laughs> back to black widow sorry for the digression now was it just me or did like if you watch like the old footage of scarlet like her voice was deeper back in the day did that stick out to you voices always change at working in radio we've i've seen that a million times where i'll go back and listen to old audio from 10 years ago for someone and i'm like whoa i've known you the entire time you seem exactly the same to me and yet i go back and listen to you 10 years ago and your voice is completely different and that's men and women alike yeah at least in my experience um and then like what they they also talked to what like florence Pugh a little bit they talked to florence Pugh a little bit and that i can i this whole the making of black widow made me angry again about the movie black widow because i don't i still the way they focused on in the making of black widow they focused on scarlet not Natasha. And I feel like they did not focus on Natasha in the movie. And I'm, uh-huh. I'm just angry about it again. But I and will it say also that, feels, uh-huh. feels like they kind of focused on Florence a lot more in the making of thing, too. <laughs> well, she had I thought she had more interesting things to say about her character. Mm-hmm. I, I mean. Scarlett, I love her, but in her her interviews, she didn't really talk. I didn't really get a much that much of an emotional connection i got you know how much it meant to be the only female superhero and breaking all these barriers and doing all of these things and working with all these powerful women and you know being part of that cinematic universe for a decade i did not get the love for the character or how the character has evolved i got how she has evolved i never got how the character evolved she was definitely ready to get up out of here for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a thing that I'm surprised, like with this whole making up thing, that they never acknowledge that this is a, they never come out and say, okay, this is a passing up the baton film, which is weird to me that they don't right. just like, you know, get on in the forefront of it and just say, okay, yeah, and this is, we wanted to give Scarlett a good farewell or anything of that stuff, you know, whether they actually achieve that or not is a different story, but they, they never really say that. And I found that to be weird. Yeah, they never acknowledge in the interviews and the making of that this was her final project. I mean, you had her speech, uh, I think, to the crew. I think that was her farewell speech to the crew a little bit. But she doesn't. I mean, it seems not like she was saying goodbye. It seems like, okay, yeah, we're doing a movie. Cool. Uh, Cash the check and go. So do we think they're still like they're being careful not to definitively say that because they might bring her back for something? What could they possibly, one, I, God, I hope not. I will be, <laughs> I will be really fucking annoyed. Well, and some people I, will be happy. 
No, because they can't, they won't be able to do it the, the right way. I, I don't think. And we know she's done with, with Marvel. I, I would, I would assume, but I will, you know, focusing on how much Florence Pugh they had in the behind the scenes, she did make me feel very good about Yelena and her future in the MCU and, and things like that. Like I really, I liked her connection to the character. I, I liked uh, how she uh, talked about wanting to know how much she would have to do uh, as far as like, you know, stunts and whatnot. And I was like, yeah, that is a good question to ask. Like before you get into this, like, how oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to do all this running. Like, let me know how much I got to do. She's like, so do you train me? Do I just show up one day and you you do your magic? Um, but actually there is, you, you do just show up one day and they will do their magic. There's like a warehouse that you can just drop into at any time and they'll teach you stunts. But it's at the actor's discretion. Like, hey, whatever, however much you want to do, you know, yeah, you can scale it. That's you don't need to do anything at all as David Harbour. Uh, he's my fave. He's... I, he's like, no, no, you do it. You've got this. You handle it. I will, go sit down. He's like, I will go sit down and have a croissant. And I'm like, hurry up with my damn croissants, please. I love like, how he just kept it real. Like, no, nah, I ain't trying to do all that damn stunt shit. Y'all keep that. Y'all do it better. And they don't, they don't need an actor to do anything because if you noticed all of the stunt people had the little dots on their face, they're just going to freaking meld somebody else's face right over them anyway. You don't need the actual actors anymore. That technology freaks me out more and more I see it, but like, that's whatever. I guess I have to just get over it. No, uh, because, and half the time, like, because when we got to the red room and all the falling and everything, it's literally just the two actors or one or two actors surrounded by blue screen. Mm -hmm. There's literally no actual set. Everything is CGI and visual effects. And then half the time, I'm not entirely sure that they even had the actor there, like we saw in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think in the future, we are going to look at, like somebody like Scarlett Johansson will not actually make a film. They will simply get paid for their likeness. Oh, like, shoot. I'll pay you, I'll pay you $10 million and I can use your face in my movie. You don't actually have to show up or do anything because it's all CGI. Ah. Just like, you know, you pay Trump $10 million to put his name on your hotel or whatever. And, you know, you You're just- Giving me your face as Buffy would say the willies all down my spine I don't like that but you might be right ah I don't like it I mean they have ah! they have the technology they can build it I don't like it I, mean, <laughs> I it's, really don't it's freaky it's freaky also I don't know and it does give me appreciation more for their skills because people are all mm -hmm. like oh superheroes there's like people look down on superhero films. We've heard directors like look because down it's, upon it's them. It's not high art. Mm -hmm. I made oh a movie sorry. about sandworms. <laughs> <laughs> but the amount of like fucking imagination that has to go into this when there is nothing around you but blue. And you but still have to go and act that. Or you might be acting against like a stuntman who's meant to be a woman or something, you know, who's not even the actor that you're supposed to be talking to. But you have to do a lot. You might not even be there and you still have to turn in a performance mm -hmm. somehow. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's freaky. So I still think it's a, I think it's a different talent, but still an incredibly difficult 
thing to pull off and they do especially especially for a movie like this because like with marvel movies typically they're gonna want you to be able to pull off emotional stuff too so you're gonna have to be able to do like okay the stuff you're known for doing in your little you know like plays or art house films or whatever and work with like the technical waiting around for all the visual effects stuff to happen things like you have to be able to roll with all of that it's like a very specific skill i have a specific set of skills (laughs) That's why I like watching these behind the scenes thing, just to get a greater appreciation of what everybody does and like seeing the crew at work and the directors and like what their intention was, whether, you know, I like the movie the way that they intended or not. I like to see at least what, you know, how they put it together and what the intention was. Yes, absolutely. But speaking of like all the people behind the scene, I am absolutely in love with the costume designer. Oh, yeah, she's great. She was great. She was great, like talking specifically about how they made by hand every single piece of every costume, um, talking about printing the fabrics and really making the 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 costumes functional for all of the actors and and all the stunts. That was cool. I enjoyed her so much. And and learning that she worked on she she goes from Bond to Harry Potter, like what a leap. I know, right? <laughs> she was fun. I like hearing the theory behind. You know, because costume people, they get really behind like, okay, well, here's the character stuff behind the clothes that most people are never going to pick up on. But they like really get into that kind of stuff. Yes, that's it. She gives so much appreciation to the I sometimes I feel like she has put in more character work than some of the other people on the film, like the writers <laughs> and the actors. Um, I feel like she cares more about their backstory and their history and their uh, their soul, if you will. So, yeah, I definitely got that vibe from her. I also really loved the the choreography. Watching them figure out the choreography for the the widows in the red uh-huh. room as they're training, and they kind of like were like, "Oh, we want to figure out a way to do this move," but it didn't work, so we did it a different way, and just had somebody there demonstrating and trying to figure out different ways it could work. And they talked about the what was it, Sistema, Sistema style, like I guess that's the fighting. style of Russian martial martial arts. So we learned oh. a thing. Yeah, I learned a thing, and that was it, that was just so cool to watch, so beautiful and artistic. And how they set it to like a metronome, so that's how they get the movements together. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That was, yeah, that was all really cool. Then they were like, they chose that because the idea is like, okay, we saw that one little scene that implied that maybe there was some ballerina stuff, you know, once in Age of Ultron. And then all of a sudden that turns into a whole thing where, okay, well, they're all balletic, you know, that's... That's yeah. crazy how they just take one little thing and then like expand on it. Much like they did with the the Budapest of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, like they did with the Drakov's daughter line, like two lines from Avengers that were then taken and expanded upon in this mm-hmm. movie. And I'm they were still actually angry about in, that. Oh, what are you angry about which part? The part where they where they took away the red in her ledger by not having Drakov's daughter be dead. Like I, I don't want to get it. I don't need to get into that again. If, if you want to hear that much like a comic book <laughs> issue, we'll put the aside uh, at, at the side of the uh, panel where it says, go back and listen to the Black Widow uh, review podcast that we did. <laughs> because I'm all the rantings. Very angry about that. Very angry about that. <laughs> and this, this made me this reminded me that I was angry about that. <laughs> <laughs> You're bringing up old shit. I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, I did like how they actually filmed in Budapest, though. That was cool. Yes. Like and had the tank running down the streets for days and like they had some awesome stunts. That's so funny how they didn't even really it didn't seem like they blocked off the street. 
or like no there was one shot where i mean i i don't know if that was an extra turning to be like what the hell like what the yeah, fuck? i know Why it's the okay? same thing or if that was an actual person who lives there and was like what the fuck <laughs> I don't know. That seemed like a person who lived there to me, too. I'm not lying. I was like, yo, that guy is so confused. Like, what is happening in my home? Okay, good. We are thinking about the same exact guy. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. They didn't really seem to have blocked off much. Um, You could see, like, in the when the stunt doubles were going over the side of the wall on the motorcycle, like, you could see a, a huge group of hundreds of people. So I assume people watching the making of the movie and not people working on the movie under the tents, but I don't know. It was, it was fun. I, I enjoyed Budapest. I like uh, seeing the difference between what the stunt people are doing and what the actors are doing. Like the stunt people are like actually <laughs> on the motorcycles, like doing all this stuff. And when they need the actors on the motorcycles, it's like they're on a pole, just like pulling them on like a big like, motorcycle thing. What was all that training that you did? <laughs> You know, you have this warehouse. Scarlett's been training for 10 years. She's been doing like these movies. So I kind of feel like I thought she should have been doing more, but she needed a stunt double to walk out of cold water. She was like, I ain't doing that. But she had to go do it anyway. But you started with the stunt double and the scene appeared to just be walking out of the water. Uh huh. Because she didn't want to get in there. (laughs) She's like, you do it first. Let me see what happens. (laughs) <laughs> let's just see <laughs> i'll be over here it's fine it's better you than me yeah this i do want to know we haven't seen any of uh yelena pop up in trailers for hawkeye have we no but i imagine if she's actually in it they're doing that keeping it close to the best thing so that's right. probably why you would not see it like it's probably going to be like an episode three thing where she pops up if she pops up well, I hope she pops up because I'm like, that That was the cool connection at the end, you know? Right. That's where they let us down. But sometimes they like to swerve, you know? Um, no, no swerve. Yes, yeah, swerve. No swerve. Um, who, the other person I liked from the behind the scenes thing was the, uh, the, the, the fight coordinator, the stunt coordinator guy. Yes. It's probably just because he has glasses. And I just in my mind, I was like, how many pairs of glasses does he go through? Because like, I can't imagine you're doing all this like, getting kicked and stuff and like you keep your glasses together right like do you not have you not heard of contacts <laughs> does does marvel not cover lasik in their like in their insurance or i mean you, you've got to be part of a union unions have great benefits i feel like you could really get this taken care of sir i thought this so interesting i'm like i've never seen a stunt coordinator with glasses before how does this work <laughs> well you know marvel they they're taking nerds from all over uh-huh uh-huh We'll talk about the real nerds in the next uh, assembled because that's where they no are. No nerds. Such <laughs> big nerds. Um, another thing we learned about the that scene where they go to break um, Alexi out of prison, all that snow that you see, that's salt. Yeah, that's salt. And apparently they were, they were just dilly-dallying, taking four days to assemble it before because you could redo it in four hours after it all melts. How much money did they waste in salt? Oh my gosh, so much salt just got wasted. And I know they were pissed when that rainstorm came. I mean, I know. One, you know, you should be able to check the forecast like three or four days ahead. You should know if it's going to rain this week. Um, <laughs> 
I'm just saying I, I can look up and, and tell you whether it's going to rain next week right now. Uh, two, two, you spend millions upon millions of dollars designing these sets. You can't you can't spend like, you know, two grand on a fucking tarp like a like a circus tent or something. Like you can get one of those things. Remember when we were in gym class in elementary school, the little <laughs> the floppy the parachute thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> like get get a couple of those and sew them together and toss them on top. Like there were ways to protect the salt from the rain a little bit, just a little bit. I feel like, but you know, that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> they're they're production. You. They're production designers, not meteorologists. I don't know what you want. I want them to open their fucking iPhone and click on the weather app. <laughs> or, or maybe you know, it was just all a conspiracy by Big Salt. Okay, yeah, just yeah, trying Big to get Salt is out here. <laughs> <laughs> you joke now, but wait, you will see. That's a conspiracy starting right here, right now. Yeah, Big yeah, Salt wait, is behind it all. If that becomes the next QAnon, we'll know where it came from. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Uh, David Harbour um, was also a delight. And he was, uh, I like the way he described, like Alexi, how initially, like when he heard about the pitch for the character, how yes. he was putting it together in his head. And he thought originally it was going to be like some gangster thing that he was going to put together. And then he heard that, oh, no, this guy, he just wants to be liked and all this stuff. So he turned the character. The narcissism mm -hmm. uh, piece of it, you know, kind of really pulled it together. And he did such a great job. I really loved him. In this movie, we should have got more of him. At least, you so know, good. doing some fighting stuff or something. Because they set all little. that up, and he did a very little. They set all that up, but whatever. That's a. But you know, none of that was actually him. So <laughs> <laughs> that but bitch was over he... having a muffin. <laughs> he no, wasn't that... part of that. <laughs> I gotta watch every stunt scene in that movie now, and just think to myself, "Oh yeah, David's out here eating croissants right now." texting lily just, allen underneath underneath his face there's actually another face with black dots all over it because he's not there <laughs> he was not on set that day he did not show up he was sleeping in uh, and then they David did the harbor never once showed up to that warehouse <laughs> no but he was never there the whole day he was in la yep. like, the whole time really um i also love the they did the, what like the one random interview at ray winstone and i'm like y'all didn't have to do that we could have been okay without him um, right yeah you didn't need a half of those little it, interviews aside it just made, it just made me uh, mad at that casting all over again especially when i heard what he actually sounds like i was like y'all fucked up <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, i wasn't feeling that whole ha that whole part of the movie anyway no 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 um and another random aside uh, ot fag Benelli, is that how you say his name um, That's a very good fucking question. I have no idea. Um, I should look that up at some point. They they spent a very little bit of time with him because he's very little bit in the movie. But uh, I've been, you know, rewatching select Doctor Who episodes. And mm. he's in the Silence of the Library one. Shut the fucking... Really? He's one of the, like, explorer people. Mm -hmm. And he has, like, a big afro. I will have to go rewatch that. That's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in that. Okay. There were actually, I, I haven't gone through them all um, since Black Widow has come to Disney Plus free for all. Uh, they have all of the deleted scenes and extras on there. And there are a few uh, related to his character. I need to go through those too. 
Yeah, I have not gone through any of them yet. Dang, we should have uh, done that. That would have been like real good work on our part. Like if we were professional. If we had done some like research and, you know, put mm-hmm. forth effort. Man, you get yeah. what you get. Look, we, <laughs> we're the David Harbor of podcasting. There are other people that do that and they do it better. Put that as our new tagline. <laughs> the David Harbor of podcasting. <laughs> I feel like that will end up being compared uh, not favorably. <laughs> I also felt bad when they showed William Hurt was in, a, you know, on a cane the whole time. I'm like, oh my god, my dear lord. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, y'all didn't, y'all didn't have to make this man work. Like we didn't, we didn't need him in the movie that bad. <laughs> there were a couple deleted scenes for him too, right? Uh, maybe. Go back and look. I feel like there were couple more deleted scenes there. I just know they hid that he was walking with a cane in the movie. I had no idea it was that bad. Yeah, it was bad. Like, oh my dear lord, let's just let this man stay home. Y'all, we don't need the continuity that bad. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Maybe he needs a check, though. I don't know. That couldn't be possible. You don't think so? Or are you being sarcasmic? No, I, I really don't think so. But then again, I never know. I never know. Anything else on uh, the making of Black Widow where I care about everybody but Black Widow? <laughs> um, just some random asides. I didn't realize Melina was a character from the comics, so that was cool to learn. Iron uh, Maiden, right? Is the, that her yeah, name? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Um, I like the footage of uh, Rachel Weisz and David Harbour when they were like trying to act out through that scene and he kept breaking. That was really cool. Yeah, there is also um, on uh the on disney plus under the extras you have all the deleted scenes you also have the gag reel so you can see all of that that's always a a fun time but i think it's only like two minutes it's kind of lame Mm. um what else do i have as an aside uh no shade to kate shoreland Uh, this is going to sound shady but it really is not meant to be i loved her choice of moomoos um it was great (laughs) i liked Uh, her yeah 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 i liked her energy i liked her vibe uh i I enjoyed um, her I like what she set out to do. Um, maybe they should have, you know, also cast somebody who knows what like action stuff is, but it's all good. Yeah, I just, again, this did not seem uh, in the making of, it didn't seem like there was an emotional connection to Natasha either. It mm. seemed more like a, you know, a Scarlet, we've been, Scarlet's been here, so she, she's earned her solo movie, so we have to do a solo movie, so here's a <laughs> solo movie. People say we got to do it now. <laughs> I'm like, you, you, you waited too long and it's, there's no, I don't know, not enough meaning behind it, I guess. Um, one of the stunt ladies for, uh, for Scarlet was named CC Eyes. And I just think that's the coldest name ever, like literally and figuratively. I just think that's so dope. That's a dope ass name, CC Eyes. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stuck on to that. And then uh, the acknowledgement that there's only like 200 shots that don't have visual effects was wild to me. I'm surprised that there are as many as 200 because for the simple act of, you know, walking out of a trailer, they put on (laughs) 27 different uh, effects to the background. Like, like you couldn't find actual woods to shoot in like that had a mountain. It's I enjoy that, you know, they can come up with whatever they want and Marvel will figure out a way to make it happen. And that's cool. It, their storytelling is no longer limited by what they can actually shoot. But also 
I think they're going a little too far. (laughs) (laughs) When you don't need the actors to actually show up, I feel like we've gone too far. There's the willies again. Mm-hmm. And do these visual effects people ever get sleep? These poor, poor people. Right. Um, do you got anything else? That's all I have on this one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a wrap on that one. Go check it out if you're interested in, in behind the scenes stuff. Like it's not, I know Heather was poo-pooing it, but it is worth watching. Like mm-hmm. I'm more I, I want to make She's, it clear I'm poo-pooing the movie. Yes. And Scarlett <laughs> Johansson. Not Scarlett. Uh, Scarlett, the, I love. Okay. The treatment of Natasha, I do not love. There we go. Because I do love Natasha. I just don't think she was respected properly. I think you, uh, you can go on a, Reddit, a subreddit somewhere and find, find your tribe. Um, I will say, I feel like Jeffrey Wright knows that fan fiction exists. <laughs> yeah, what made you say that? Well, he was, um, he was talking about... You know, there's the Marvel in the movies and the Marvel in the comics and the fans have, you know, another Marvel in their heads and their imaginations and things like that. And I was like, that bitch has been on fan fiction. <laughs> he knows how this works. Yep. <laughs> I, I, am, I, I He does not strike me as a person who's not nerdy himself. So he just I'm seems not. so awesome. Like, that's my mm-hmm. first note from the making of what if as we switch gears onto that now. It's just Jeffrey Wright is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool to l- l- know that they really never considered anybody else to be doing that voice. Mm-hmm. Like he was the first pick. Oh, his voice is so good too. And I, I assume they just picked the best clips of him behind the scenes uh, to, to use, but yeah. it seems like he just came in and just read page after page after page, nailing it every single time. Like perfection. <laughs> like that's the vibe you get from that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like, yeah, hey, you need another take from me? Uh, just being wild in the studio, just like, uh, uh I mean, if you want. Yeah. <laughs> like, has he done audiobooks? Does he, is he on one of those apps that like calms you down and puts you to sleep where like people read bedtime stories? Because I would totally download that. We'll have to check it out. I don't know. It didn't occur to me. I don't, I don't like get into all that stuff because it freaks me out to have mouth noises in my in my ear when I'm trying to sleep. Oh, I, I also just turn a radio like my Alexa just plays things. I don't need headphones while I'm going to sleep. Yeah, so it's not like that. in my ear, in my ear. Yeah. Um, so in this, uh, this is where all the big nerds come to play. Because- all the big nerds. Uh, and by big nerds, we mean the three main people in charge of this series. And that was one of the things I had a problem with, with this making of, is that you've just got the three, the three main people. And then Jeffrey Wright. And Jeffrey Wright, uh, representing all of the actors, apparently. Um, and then they had, the, then they had the one guy, the, what, is, what was his name, like Ryan something? Or I can't remember, the guy who did the visualizations. Yeah, I forget his, his full name, but it's, they made it on this, there are so many people involved in the animation and they showed none of those people like right uh, and that was kind of kind of annoying to me i mean they had more writers involved than just ac bradley they Mm -hmm. had yeah i was just like okay are you are you not going to show me the that was kind of the exciting part of this the different thing going on in what if was the animation and i wanted to see more of the people working on the animation i saw sketches and then i saw a final product 
I didn't see any of the actual process of doing the animation. I wonder if it was difficult because there were so many animation studios involved. I wonder if it was just difficult, like from a, from an execution standpoint to just get interviews with all those people. And maybe those people just don't speak English or something too. Cause you know, they ship those out to, to other parts of the world. I mean, maybe I, I feel like that you could have at least gotten some B roll of, of things, or you're telling me like, none of the head honchos like Kevin Feige never got like an update of here's what this is looking like and here's some raw footage and this is what we're doing with this and these are the changes we've made on that Mm -hmm. there were progress reports given to other people at Marvel which means they have that content somewhere and I would have enjoyed seeing it yeah okay that's fair that's fair I mean we got the crew we got and it is weird that like I would have liked to see more um footage of the actors in the booths but then i thought to myself they probably didn't want you know film on them because that's the advantage of doing voiceovers like you don't have to get camera ready i mean go to sebastian's i mean i it's the one you wouldn't want to see but go to sebastian sand's instagram he posted footage of him in the booth um so i don't know why they never had anybody yeah seems like they should have had somebody I was really looking forward to seeing Chadwick Boseman and then, but I, you know, and they, they had a whole section really where they focused on Chadwick and this being his last, his last roles and Mm -hmm. coming in and doing four episodes and things like that. And I was like, well, okay, maybe they just, he, he was not looking well or healthy at the time and he didn't want anybody filming or didn't want to do that. So he didn't sign off on that, that, which I can respect obviously, but to to not film anybody in the booth except for Jeffrey Wright seems weird. A uh, little bit. And a little they bit, also, but I don't know. Actors are vain. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, they could have they could have known. Hey, on this one day, we're going to film yeah, you yeah, in the booth. Uh, put, get your uh, contact your makeup team. Tell them to come through. I mean, uh, you know, filming. there are going to be one or two people who are okay with it even why not one of the people who is just the voice actor who is used to that sort of thing right 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 that would have been cool like hey i'm you know i'm the cartoon tony stark i died a lot i mean they talked uh, a lot about animating the character not the actor that plays the character but there was zero talk about finding the right voice for tony stark Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that would have been a cool feature to have like yeah this is how you know for the actors we couldn't get this is how we picked them. I mean, and, the, and there was no acknowledgement of the fact that, I'm sorry, you're Doctor Strange, you animated the character and not the actor, then why the fuck does he look exactly like Benedict Cumberbatch? That, that was the thing where I kind of like just kind of looked at the, uh, the, the TV sideways. And I was like, mm. they're like, was, we tried to go for character not like this. I was like, well, did you? Because that looks just like Evangeline Lilly to me. I was like, yeah, because all <laughs> the ones where you got the actor to voice them, <laughs> They look exactly like the actor. Like the few that look slightly off are the ones that did not have the actor voicing them. Like Spider-Man. Right. Like uh, Black Widow looks a little off. Not exactly like Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> so I don't know if I really believe you about that. I don't, I don't buy it. I, I, I buy that that maybe was your intention. But I did uh, like enjoy the thought process behind their their choice of animation 
you know, they talked about all the different types of animation, 2D, 3D, 3D, 2D. I don't understand R2D2, any of the things that they were saying, <laughs> but I appreciated that they put thought into it and apparently decided to go with 2D to make it a quote cinematic experience. Like, yeah, they wanted to push what you could do with like 2D stuff. And I, I respect that because like, yeah, I'm not a person that's all the way down with the, you know, trend of all the animated stuff leaning toward CG nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like I prefer the 2D stuff. Um, so I, I'm glad they, they stuck, you know, st- with their guns on this and just decided, yeah, we'll we'll push the boundaries of 2D. And I mean, I haven't seen animation like this before, so I, I would say they were successful. Yeah, there was a lot there that I was actually really interested in because everybody kept using the word cinematic. And mm-hmm. there are so many shots, you know, specifically that Hawkeye as he's, you know, shooting down all of the the drones, the sentry drones, the Ultron drones. Um, so many shots that are really beautiful and cinematic. And I love the way they talked about playing with light and had all of those examples. Like that was mm-hmm. really interesting, interesting stuff behind the animation. And I would have enjoyed seeing the people who made that come to life. Also, those people are probably not social. You got to think about that, too. They're no. Yeah. visual effects people you know how our people are um, okay well let's <laughs> are, are we not going to acknowledge the fact that there are really socially awkward nerds behind all of this like hell, no we don't acknowledge for what whoa for I mean, what come on um i did it seemed like every story when they were talking about plot and different episodes that they wanted to do it was like, well, early on, we knew we wanted to do this. And this was, we knew that this was definitely going to happen. And I'm like, okay, you've just described every single episode. You knew early on this was going to happen. There was no talk about episodes which ones that they came later. Yeah. Which episodes they didn't get to do or which ideas they couldn't quite work out or any. I mean, I guess they have to keep some things under wraps in case it becomes something, were, especially right. this one, because any throwaway ideas still might come back. Right. Throwaway ideas, things that they are they can't do because they're going to be used in a future movie and they were told not to use them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it really seemed like every episode that they talked about, they were like, well, we knew early on we were going to do this. And this was one of the ones we definitely wanted to do. And well, I'm the like, party Thor one, the party Thor one kind of morphed when they talked about how that started as making him a bad Thor. And then it kind of morphed into, I- no, just to make him a douchebag. No, I think they consider Party Thor to be evil Thor. Oh, I didn't get that impression. Oh, that was the vibe I got that. Oh, evil Thor is douchebag Thor. (laughs) My impression was that they, they, you know, originally pitched you. Okay, what happens if, you know, da da da. I guess he's an only child. And I get what my impression was. He doesn't get banished. Yeah, right. And then he becomes evil. And then they were like, no, well, instead of evil, let's just lean toward like he just becomes a douchebag. I would have enjoyed um, like maybe not necessarily even the actors behind, you know, maybe if we don't get them in the voice booth because they don't look pretty and he doesn't have his L'Oreal hair commercial hair going on that day. But I would have enjoyed hearing Chris Hemsworth talk about how Thor would be different if he didn't have a brother mm-hmm. in that relationship and things like mm-hmm. that. I would have enjoyed Haley Atwell being excited about being Captain Carter and what that means and where she could see that going in season two with finding the Hydra Stomper and things like that. You know, I got the impression maybe they just threw this one together two weeks ago and like all the actors are out doing stuff <laughs> like because <laughs> we don't even know when they filmed this one. 
the the yeah. interviews and well, stuff for this one. The same day that they filmed the interviews for Black Widow, obviously Kevin Feige, he's still wearing the hat. <laughs> no, the you just know that's when they did his clip. That's not when they did everybody <laughs> else's stuff. Yeah. Um, Brian Andrews, the director for this, it was cool to find out that uh, this wasn't his first foray into Marvel stuff. Like he's kind of an in-house guy. He was doing like story storyboarding for like the last Endgame se- sequence. Mm-hmm. and the uh, Ant-Man quantum realm sequence. So that was cool to know. Like, he's just always been here. And you do. I I like seeing more of the people because it seems that as Marvel has grown, more and more people are being brought in to give their own different voices to, to each of the movies. Mm-hmm. But it also feels like then there's no... Like, it, well, in the making of Black Widow, it didn't feel like Scarlett had anyone there with her who had also been there 10, 10 years the whole way through. They all seemed like a bunch of new people. New so people. I enjoy seeing, you know, continuity behind the scenes. I, it seemed like maybe her stunt people were with her for a while, maybe. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. You would go back to the same stunt people. But yeah, otherwise, I don't know. Yeah, it seems like they just were working with new people on that one. So it, it probably depends on the project. But this one, it seems like, you know, they tried to, for the most part, at least it seems like there's a there's a method to to move up and, you know, in, in, in the Marvel cinematic world, like, oh, you might start here and then they'll see you're good at something and then use you for something else else if that project comes up. Yeah, that, that'll work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was nice hearing like what their thought process behind breaking the stories was, was like, okay, we start with what if, and then we say, then what, well, you know, you start with. I like that. I like thing. that line. Yeah. yeah. What if, then what? Uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was clever. I like that. Um, let's see. What else are we missing on this one? Uh, I, my dumb ass never really picked up on how the watcher is like the twilight zone guy. Um. <laughs> I never, I never really watched Twilight Zone, so I guess I didn't, I didn't get any of the similarities. Uh, Jeffrey Wright said that I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm a whole dumbass." <laughs> well, you're just half a dumbass. You're not a full dumbass. Thank you. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Um, I try. I'm in a good mood today. <laughs> uh, it was also cool hearing Jeffrey Wright talking about how we think British people sound smart. <laughs> he wanted to fight that urge to make him, you know, the watcher British. <laughs> I I loved everything about him. He was just fabulous. All of his uh, little thoughts and asides during his interviews were great. We have to learn what his uh his alt account is for his uh, fan fiction goings. He, he he seemed way too comfortable talking about Marvel fans having their own versions of the universe and other stories in their minds. He absolutely knows about fan fiction. He reads it. He's <laughs> he's on Archive of Our Own like at least once a month checking in. <laughs> you brought it up and now it's canon in my mind. Like he definitely <laughs> he does that. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna was... I'm gonna I'm gonna write a fan fiction about Jeffrey Wright writing fan fiction. There you go. Do that. <laughs> Maybe you'll uh weed him out. <laughs> comment or something. Um, oh. I learned that the Cha Cha nickname for T'Challa was Karen Gillan's idea. That's cool. She's a smart one. That's exactly like that is what I want. Footage of them in the booth. Like I just wanted a camera running at all times because you never know what's going to happen in there as they're improvising and doing things, recording their lines. But I want footage of the moment that she just calls him Cha Cha randomly, and they're like, "We love that. Go with it." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like. 
that's I really wanted to see that behind the scenes. Well, that's why I wonder back when they were doing all this stuff. I wonder if they even had the idea to do the assembled thing. Because you got to imagine this animation stuff was a while ago. How long ago? I mean, you know, it was they were recording the voice right around shortly before Chadwick Boseman died. So like sometime early 2020. I mean, so maybe 2019, they were filming it. You know, they were filming it because they have all of this stuff um, uh, of Scarlett Johansson and Black Widow, which was filming it mostly in 2019 because that one wasn't, that one was delayed because they didn't want to release it during COVID, not because they didn't have enough, they didn't get it done thanks to COVID like the other series have been. They knew they were going to do an assembled special. And even if they didn't know they were going to do an assembled special, it's Marvel. Why don't you have behind the scenes for everything? Heather's angry with you, Marvel. Get I'm, it a, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, well, that's worse. I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed in, in the, the lack of footage of the actors. And it seems weird. Like, that's I, what I'm it thinking. Seems... It has to be something just like an oversight or a technical thing or something. Or contractual something, situation. Yeah. Where they're not allowed to use their likeness, mm-hmm. only their voice. Too many lawyers involved to get everybody. You know, it just—it's something. It's something. Yeah, I just—I I don't know what that something is. Uh, I'll probably never understand it, but yeah, and then, you know, uh, I, I wanted to see Karen Gillan calling him Cha Cha. <laughs> that's basically what we're getting at. Yeah. Um, and we get the acknowledgement from Kevin Feige that. You know, it's not off the table that we'll see some of these ideas come to other mediums. Yeah. He really said that. And then the last thing that was kind of juicy was like, you know, for the next season, they're going to expand upon the relationship between the Watcher and Captain Carter. Right. And that's a thing that I'm glad they said that that's a focus for next season, because when they talked about how, well, you know, we had and we really wanted to look at the relationship between the watcher and captain Carter. And I was like, did you, I feel like you more looked at the relationship between Dr. Strange and the watcher in, in this Mm -hmm. season. I was like, I didn't realize that there was a strong connection at all between the watcher and captain Carter in this series, this season. They had that like little moment at the end, but they're saying, yeah, next season, that's what they're focusing on. So that gives us a little hint Mm. of where they're going. (laughs) I was like, I was just going to say, because this season he had more moments with Doctor Strange and with Black Widow when he takes her to the other reality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, like, what do you think, like, okay, for next season of What If? Because they don't really, I mean, that's our little tidbit, but it's interesting because they plan on continuing with some characters. How are they still going to introduce new multiverse ideas since this one was building up to the Ultron showdown? Like, what are they going to do next time? Right. So the watcher now, after having intervened and gone against his thing, is he now going to be like in the comics and intervening every five seconds? Or is he going back to his TV room to watch other things in the multiverse happen? Which yeah, seems like kind so. of a letdown. It feels like you're going backward. Yeah, there's no going back. That. Maybe he'll maybe he'll try to and then won't be able to or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. We will see. Uh, One thing I did notice, my last note on this is um, in the beginning of the making of, they go through, they have like a whiteboard and it's like set up with all of the episodes. 
mm -hmm. uh, numbers with like different little post-its. Did you and do a pause? I did a pause. Uh, what should have been their original episode seven, Maria slash Cree saved Carol Danvers. And oh. then underneath that, they also had 88 Avengers. Like 1988? Dash, like 1988. Like there was a, an 80s Avengers then. So what if the Avengers were formed back then? I guess, I don't know. Um, that doesn't sound like the Gamora episode that we didn't get. It sounds like a completely different episode that they didn't make. That would have been episode nine. Well, um, on the, when I right? paused, eight. when I paused on it, it I think it should have been, I think it should have been nine, maybe eight. I don't know. Um, when I paused, things looked slightly out of order. Like seven, Like eight was Killmonger. Nine was what if Ultron won? And then 10 was whatever, uh, like five was the Doctor Strange one, which was number four then that we saw. So it looks like things were slightly out of order on their yeah, things that got little moved board around. Uh, when they were filming. So they knew obviously early or then whatever that they were doing this making of. So they could have absolutely filmed some more. OK, people. and now we brought it back to the thesis statement. There we go. <laughs> the thesis statement. I like, I like that. I like having a thesis statement for, for these things. But yeah, that was just uh, that was an interesting tidbit that I saw. So maybe that's something we'll see uh, moving forward. Avengers in the 80s. I want it now. <laughs> right. They all have that hair. I need it. Ugh. Uh so that's it. Uh, so go watch the be these behind the scenes specials and uh, and figure out, you know, how how the stuff you love is put together and all of that good stuff. Or just listen to this podcast. And I mean, we pretty much did the work for you. You can do that, too. Right. Yeah, yeah sure. I think it works. Um, I mean, <laughs> so so take the take the David Harbor route of it and just listen. Yeah, that works, too. Let somebody uh, else do the work um what's next on our on our docket here uh we've got hawkeye coming up next uh i i think so got a couple weeks couple weeks okay. and then we're then we're into hawkeye yeah mid-november will be here in no time it seems i feel like well actually that's right before hawkeye we've got disney plus day where i imagine there will be some something released I would hope to talk so. about i don't know well, we're they've got to do the assembled for Shang-Chi at some point. Oh, that's right. So we might have that in between. Oh, I and like I forgot we have uh, on, on Disney Plus Day. We keep forgetting about the, the the what's becoming already before it even came out. The redheaded stepchild of the Marvel Universe is <laughs> because Eternals is next week. Uh, oh, yes. Eternals. <laughs> and I, I swear to God, I was just watching like uh, 12 different Eternals featurettes from the from the London premiere, too. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This one, this is going to be an interesting one, folks. Yep, yep. Uh, so. so we'll see. We'll see what we get. Mm. All right, y'all. Uh, take care. Find us on our socials or email us at tesseracttvpodcast at gmail .com. And our socials are at tesseracttv. Um, and uh, yeah, that that's it. I think so. Bye. Bye.